and Brad, the two most famous physical therapists on the internet. The title of today's video is Ibuprofen versus Aleve versus turmeric versus Tylenol, and we're updating this video. We did this video about three years ago, and by popular demand, we're gonna add aspirin. A lot of people are asking, what about aspirin? Uh, so we're gonna include that this time, and uh, Chris has got some updated research and things that may come up new that wasn't uh, known back three years ago. These medications, very popular, probably Everyone across the nation, I would say, maybe worldwide, has taken a form of these for uh, their aches, their pains, uh, whatever it may be. But so many people, well, do I take ibuprofen? Do I take Tylenol? Do I take acetaminophen? What's the difference? Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. So Chris, let's start with what we missed last time and so many people are interested in. Aspirin. It's been around for a long time. Uh, it's been it? around for thousands of years. Aspirin is the granddaddy of them all. So, I mean, it's it, we've been using it for thousands of years. It we, actually we, was, we don't have aspirin here, but we're just going to talk about we're it. We're just going to talk about it. But basically, aspirin uh, mostly extracted from willow bark. It's just a natural. So what? Willow bark. Willow bark? Bark, yeah, just from the tree. So basically, they would uh, Native Americans would chew on it, and it would reduce inflammation and fever. It was remarkable. And then... Over the years, we decided to try and make it a little bit more scientific. And Dr. Bear in Germany, like Bear Aspirin, sure. uh, he was the one that got the patent in the 1890s. And, wow. and so it's been around as a patented drug for well over a century now. Well, I know when I was a child back in the 60s, I mean, that's all you heard about was aspirin. Yeah. You, need, you need an aspirin. You need an aspirin. And not so much anymore. No, not so much anymore. I mean, aspirin does have its share of risks, and basically most commonly for most people is it can be a bleed risk, which uh, for a lot of us would be the other type of stroke, not the clotting stroke, but the bleeding stroke, the more dangerous one. The blood thinner. Blood thinner aspects, aspects. of it. Mm -hmm. And also for people, a lot of ulceration or tummy problems. So we have to be kind of careful. Those are the two major ones that most people will fall into. Right, I, and it's fallen out of favor as a fever reducer in children because of the RISE syndrome. So it can be a rough... RISE? RISE syndrome. So our Y-E-S, I believe. And so it's it's just something that we just don't give to kids with fever. Okay. So that's what Tylenol came around for. And I know my mother had baby aspirin yep. for her, uh, car, just a maintenance thing for blood thinner, I understand. Yep, it's a blood thinner. Yep. And it's actually last year, the doctor said, no more. They're not doing that anymore because of hazards or risks. Bleed right? risks again. Bleed. So, yep. So basically what happens is you have two types of strokes. You have the clotting stroke where something clots up and blocks the flow of blood. So in your brain, in your brain, blood yep. that stroke. And then the other type of stroke is the bleeding risk, which is actually more rare, but more serious. And that's where a capillary, something would burst mm -hmm. and then blood would leak into the brain area and then very Probably, dangerous, yeah. devastating um, things would occur. Right. So that's the hemorrhagic stroke. Hemorrhagic stroke, 100% correct. Okay. Uh, so again, that is not no longer the doctor. It's up to the doctor if it's... Yeah, you want to check with your doctor if aspirin is appropriate for you for that particular reason. They've changed a lot of the guidelines over the last couple of years. We okay. used to have everybody take an aspirin for blood thinning purposes, even if you were healthy. Now we find that that's not the case again because of the bleed risk. So if you cut yourself and you're on aspirin, are you going to bleed more? And, a little more. A little but more. It's, it's not like you're going to bleed out. You're not going to bleed out. You're not going to get exsanguinated or anything like that. Yeah. You're You're... You'll clot up, but it just takes a little bit longer. Okay. A little more pressure, probably a Band-Aid. So it's still, it's a good thing you can buy. You can buy it off the shelf. Oh, you yeah. can use it. Uh, but again, it seems like these are 
more popular nowadays? More popular. I mean, aspirin back in the day was a it's a great anti-inflammatory, so it's good for arthritis. It's still good for arthritis, yep. and it's still good for fevers if you're sick. If you're an adult or over the age of twelve, sure. and again, okay. if you have questions, check with your doctor. Okay. Uh, but we moved on to other items like ibuprofen. Um, but again, ah. uh, basically, it's just kind of a chemical modification on what aspirin structure is. And for a lot of us, I think it's probably a little bit better anti-inflammatory. There's a little bit less GI upset and stomach irritation, but it still can. So we always want to take this with a little bit of food to protect the tummy. And did you say, I think you've told me milk, if nothing else, yep. is a good milk, base for Yeah, it. milk's a little bit of a buffer because it's not, you know, it's not like water where it's, you know, everything's transparent. Milk has a little bit to it. Yeah. So with all the other nutrients that are in milk, so it slows it down and protects it and buffers the stomach a little bit. So if you got a sprained ankle, something swollen up, that that's that inflammatory process, that's would be a good reason you might want to take it. Yeah, this. it's a great reason to take it. How so about a headache? Headache, it's a great reason to take it. And, and everyone kind of perform or responds differently to these, I understand. Yep. So which one do you want to take? Yeah, usually my go-to as a pharmacist, I recommend ibuprofen, not exclusively because it depends. You know, I'll ask a couple of questions on a patient to see sure. what's best for them. But really, ibuprofen is my go-to for a lot of the patients that I that I try and help. But it, you know, for a headache, I think it's great, but there's reasons to go with acetaminophen or Tylenol. There's reasons that some people like to leave because it lasts longer. Okay. So we have advantages on all products for different reasons. Sure. Okay. Uh, how many do you take? If you can, two's good, is six better? No, no, no. We don't. Uh, yeah, more is good. You know, some is good, more is better. Definitely not. So we want to go to the regular directions that the manufacturer throws out there, which is one or two tablets up to every four to six hours apart. So when you read is the fine print, yeah, you're not going to be able to see. You can't read without your glasses. My contacts are in, so I can actually read it. But yeah. it's one or two every four to six hours apart as needed, but no more than eight in a day. So okay. eight is your hard line in the sand. And isn't there something about this? ibuprofen being hard on your kidneys or your heart possibly or yep. is that so nope rare? that's no it's not it's not common but it's definitely something that doctors are going to be really aware of so mm -hmm. if you're on certain blood pressure medications if you have certain kidney problems we do have to be extra cautious with these guys and turmeric to a degree okay as well so that, again that's what the acetaminophen is in here for so we'll we'll kind of work our way down Touching to that, that but the reality of it is always check with your doctor to make sure it's appropriate for you or check with your pharmacist to make sure it's appropriate right right okay very good. Anything else on ibuprofen? No, ibuprofen, I, again. I, I know it's like we talk about as you and I are active, I exercise a lot, we injure ourselves, over-exercise, uh, those kinds of oh, things. Oh, yeah. Um, is this something that the athlete or the, the weekend athlete, the person who's running marathons, is it going to be good for their aches and pains to get through pulled muscles, et cetera? Yeah, I think so. I think the advantages of anti-inflammatories, and there's two schools of thought, um, but fighting the inflammation fights the pain. So if we're uncomfortable, it's going to allow us to train further. Sure. So it'll get you back out there participating. There are some schools of thought, more modern science is saying that, you know, some of that inflammation actually is a good thing. So we have to have a fine balance. But, you know, I guess it, it, to, in your world, you know, if you've got a, a joint that's not working properly, you know, usually rest is probably the added uh, measure sure. of caution <laughs> from that standpoint. Yeah. Sometimes we don't listen very well right, ourselves, yeah. as we've done on our yeah. Saturday morning got, expeditions. I, I've got a five-mile run, and if it hurts, I'll take some of these and I'll get through it. But that's probably not the idea. Should we go on to Aleve? Yeah, what, Aleve what, or Naproxen Aleve sodium. Is not an anti-inflammatory? It is an anti-inflammatory. So it's, it's not 
It's ibuprofen. another cousin of ibuprofen, so okay. it behaves the same. I don't want to say it's similar as like Coke and Pepsi per se, and I don't want to advocate sugar, but <laughs> that said, there's just a close analogy. But this is another type of anti-inflammatory. If you were to actually be really scientific and pop it under a microscope and you could look at all the yep. electron microscope to look at the structure, um, they're very, very similar skeletons. The advantage of Aleve over ibuprofen in some cases, it lasts a lot longer. And when you were bringing up that heart disease issue, yeah. some studies suggest that naproxen sodium might be a little bit better for our blood pressure patients and people that have some kidney problems. Okay. So it's something that could be a slightly safer alternative, but again, check with the doctor to be on the safe side. It sounds like if you've got some comorbidities and other problems with medications, these over-the-counter ones, you really probably should check to make sure it's going to It's always your... good to ask questions. There's never The only question that's a bad question is the one that's never asked. Sure. So always check with your pharmacist and your doctor again. But the, the nice thing with the leave, naproxen sodium specifically, is it might work a little bit better in soft tissue injuries. So if you got a muscle ache, a tear, pull, yep. it might do a little bit better job than even ibuprofen, at least some of the older, older and some more modern studies have shown. But as far as joint pain or headaches, it, it'll It'll help. work. No, it'll work for those two. So again, just how you and I are different, we respond to different medications across sure. the board differently too. So it kind of comes down to a little bit of trial and error and making sure it's appropriate for you. And typically with this, I believe, I was dealing this with my mother. She could only take one in the morning, one at night, and no more because there's potential to have some problems if she was taking too much. Yep. Again, uh, stomach ulceration, probably a little bit worse with this than the ibuprofen. Okay. So we have to be careful. So food. Mm -hmm. Or a glass of milk, but food probably a little bit better with the okay. naproxen. Sure. Um, insofar as that, also still has the same bleed risk. So if oh. you're on blood thinners, so again, ibuprofen, aspirin, and Aleve. And when we get to turmeric, we're going to have to be careful sure. with that too. Okay. All right. Should we go to – now, this is something a lot of people – we did spell it wrong on the last Yeah, video. I didn't Apologize check the spell check. And us the uh, pronunciation. Uh, we need an English major on our uh, <laughs> on our staff. But anyways, uh, turmeric. It's a spice. Yep. Uh, it's used. I understand for mustard. Yep. And it's, it's what got makes mustard some, yellow. It's got some healing values, benefits to it. So mm -hmm. you want to talk yep. about what that? Yeah. Turmeric. Basically, most of the research that's out there uh, that's best and has most scientific basis is for an anti-inflammatory. So it's going to behave like aspirin, ibuprofen, and naproxen sodium. Okay. So it's going to help. So if the aches or pains and you know, anywhere you want to make sure it's turmeric curcumin. It's the curcumins. That's the scientific, that's the thing that actually makes it yellow, but it's also the business end. It's what makes this an anti-inflammatory. gives us medical benefits. So that's where the benefits are coming from. And you want to make sure that the product that you choose, in a lot of cases, you're not going to just take a spoonful of turmeric from the grocery store. You're probably going to want to buy something that's a standardized extract. You want to make sure it's 95% pure. If you can find the symbol USP, it stands for United States Pharmacopoeia, yeah. uh, it means that it's been lab reviewed and independently tested. Yeah. So it's going to ensure that what's in that capsule is in that capsule. So using this, this is like mine from home and I use it to spice my food. Is just putting it on your food going to be a benefit or is it? It's going to be a benefit, but it's going to be really hard for you to really get the anti-inflammatory aspects of turmeric. When it hits the stomach acid, dissolves quickly. So mm -hmm. you really don't absorb a lot of it. So it makes everything taste great. 
but a lot of the medicinal effects are not there. All right, so yeah, so piperine or comes from black pepper extract. And so with that, basically what we found is that seems to piggyback onto the turmeric and okay. allow it to absorb better in the gut. And there are some other companies that are getting really fancy and using enteric coating, so they make a special coating on the capsule. Right. So it doesn't dissolve in the gut or in the stomach, but it dissolves in the intestines and absorbs there a little bit better. Sure. And so they use kind of some fancy science to create that. And then what happens is, is you're delivering more turmeric to the system. And the dose that you're looking for is probably about 500 to 1,000 milligrams. So it's a little bit different than when I delivered. Per day? The, well, per dose. So and, you can and this use, is uh, from a study or something? You're multiple studies. Sorts, okay. and, and usually 500 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams up to per day or even a couple times a day, depending upon what you're going for, for pain and inflammation management. Okay. And most of the studies suggest using it for, like, for osteoarthritis, which is that wear and tear aches and pains that we all get as we age, mm -hmm. um, you know, even for up to two months of regular use or even three months of regular use. Okay. Is, is, so, is there really no risk with this compared to to this, or is there No, some? there's still risk. It's still a natural anti-inflammatory. So it's going to behave like your aspirin, behave like your ibuprofen, and behave like your naproxen sodium. So if you're on blood thinners, mm -hmm. we got to be careful. Talk to your doctor first. That's, but it, that you're, it's not going to be a problem just from your food. If you're Food amounts, probably not, unless you are really, I mean, if you are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really into the spice. But um, and the therapeutic amounts, when you're taking a supplement, we have to be careful. Sure. So And also, again, reflux, stomach issues, kind of rear their ugly head. Same with aspirin, same with that. Same with the naproxen sodium. So, if people want to do this and, and get the pill form online or at a box store? Or yeah, again, you can go box store online. All are good, but again, you want to make sure you've got that stamp of approval. Look for USP or a highly reputable company because, again, just with any supplement nature, I mean, you can have it's the wild, wild west out there. Yeah. So, anybody can say, Yeah, I got turmeric in there, and all of a sudden it's crushed crab shells. So it's it's just something that you want to make sure that you crushed you're, crab shells. Yep, that's a different subject altogether. Is that's that, like glucosamine. Is that, is that a pharmaceutical? <laughs> no, well, they, <laughs> they use that for glucosamine, but sure. that's that's a whole different discussion. We'll do another video on that. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's been some. There's lots of anecdotal studies out there that don't now, really. Before we go, our, our cameraman just asked a good question about the the neuro uh, science of this with relation to uh, Parkinson's and yeah, well, it can be cog cognition and dementia. Some people feel that using the substance turmeric may improve symptoms like sure. that. So more or less memory issues, dementia right. would be the ones that I've seen most right. commonly. But the studies have been small in scale, more anecdotal saying, you know, this worked. Yeah. Um, it's definitely safe enough if you're not on any blood thinners. Mm -hmm. It's certainly something you could try, but there needs to be a lot more research done in that department. But if someone wants to try it and the doctor says, fine, is it one of those things that there's going to be no harm to it? The worst that happened is generally, well, again, it's, you know, and I think that's one of the misconceptions with herbal type products is that it's, it's nature. So it's safe. I mean, yes, for the most part, it's going to be safe. Sure. Always check with the doctor first, check mm -hmm. with your pharmacist, make sure there's nothing in that profile of yours that would interact with it, sure. like the blood thinners or other, you know, all of a sudden they're taking aspirin or ibuprofen for their sore joints and there's piling on turmeric because they want to try and help to improve maybe some cognition. Sure. It could cause some GI side effects at the very least, sure. and it could go even further than that yeah. to like a bleed risk. Yeah. So we have to be safe with it and smart yeah. with it. Uh, again, there's always some oh, people, if this is good, maybe I better throw this in there too and this, and, again, and, yeah. and I'm going to get better faster. And we're going to draw the hard pass on that too yeah. because yeah, you don't want to combine them because right. you can have 
<laughs> you can combine them to get the benefits, but you can combine them and it can blow up on you. Yeah. Exactly. So we do have to be careful with that. Okay. Now we've got the next one, which evidently is a different family, but we have it on the on the shelf. People use it all the time, which is acetaminophen. Yeah, well, that's a good one. There you go. <laughs> Otherwise, no. What is yeah. that? It's a family show. Yeah. Stuff. So basically, from this, the the big difference from these guys are it doesn't. It's a great pain reliever, mm -hmm. but it doesn't carry the bleed risks that these people plus the aspirin are going to have. So with this particular medication, it's going to allow you to lower fevers if you're sick. It's going to get rid of that headache. It's going to help those sore knees. It's going to help those sore elbows, and it's not going to run the bleed risk or you know that stroke risk that could possibly be potentiated by the other anti-inflammatories. Uh, it sounds like. This would be the safer of all of them. I think in a lot of cases, you can probably look at it as the safest of the bunch. It's not quite as effective across the board because if, let's say, you have a sprained ankle, to take our back example, it's not going to reduce the inflammation, yep. but it is going to help you to at least get some pain, pain relief. And so you can take more of that without a problem? No, absolutely not. Tylenol actually, more than those, actually in higher doses can be much more dangerous. And a fatal dose of acetaminophen is much harder or easier to achieve than, say, even doing something like this. It doesn't take long. The daily max that they recommend now is actually 3,000 milligrams, which, which would be six of these. All so at once? Or no, no. You have to spread them out throughout the day. So the directions when you read this, so this is a 500 milligram capsule. Yep. There's also regular strength, 325 milligrams. Can we tablet. say who made that? Or this is just a generic form of acetaminophen. So any every store, every box store online, they're all going to be acetaminophen. These are the quick, quick release gels, yeah. so they do absorb it in the I system a little faster. I can't we can say the common the name that everyone knows. Tylenol. Tylenol. Tylenol is the one that everybody knows it by. And so from that standpoint, it doesn't matter where you get it or how you get it. It's certainly something that you can use. Right. Um, but you want to use it in its controlled delivery. So you can do one or two tablets every or capsules every four to six hours apart. Okay. But if you're using the extra strength, which is what most people tend to purchase yep. because stronger is better, <laughs> um, you're going to go to a maximum of six capsules in divided doses throughout the day. Sure. And if you overdo it, what could happen to you? Well, you can have lots of trouble with the kidneys, lots of trouble with the liver, and a fatal dose is 15 grams, and acetaminophen toxicity is something nobody wants to go through. So that would, whatever. that be a bottle. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Wow. Very good. So there was one other thing about this acetaminophen. Is there anything that this will take care of that these won't? Well, no, generally speaking, no. And, and a lot of times now, today, because of the opioid crisis, which is something we haven't got into at all, we will see people as pain management, like dental pain and extractions. They're going to have you combine ibuprofen and Tylenol. Oh, really? Yep. So you actually get much better analgesia, which is pain relief, Sure. when you use the combination of both ingredients together. Yeah. So, and it's safe. It is. Yep. And small amounts. So if you do one or two ibuprofen and one or two of these... You can take them both together. So children, been, you know, doctors have been recommended for lowering fevers in children that are sick for years. Yep. Also works for your bad knee or tooth extraction or anything that to that. Sounds effect. like maybe we could have a video on I've, that combination. I think we could. I could talk a long time on that. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, like you said, I'm assuming there are some proper or there are proper guidelines and wrong control. ways too. Yep. So we do All have right. to be very careful. And again, something want to check with the physician wow. just to be on the safe right. side. Yep. All right. Well, I would say uh, any other questions, Tanner or camera person back there? <laughs> but, you know, I, I've been talking to Chris about these for years. I always ask because I can never remember. Uh, so if you can't remember all this information, just go back and uh, review the video. <laughs>
Well, we have to, again, you want to stick so, to the... Again here. So the question was, can you take acetaminophen with, with Aleve? Is that going to be a good combination? Because we just mentioned a different combination is better. You can still do it. So it's an excellent question. So again, Aleve, because it behaves like ibuprofen and controlled dose, you can take one of these twice a day, about every 8 to 12 hours apart. And you could take one or two of these every 4 to 6 hours apart in conjunction with the Aleve. So whether it's Aleve, whether it's ibuprofen, or even conceivably aspirin, it's something that you could use to enhance pain-relieving aspects of it exclusively. Or if you had a fever, same deal. It could help to lower that fever. So if you got flu or maybe COVID and you're really uncomfortable with a high fever, it certainly will help to reduce that. Well, again, boy, when you start combining these things, and maybe if you're already on a couple other meds, definitely you need to consult. Talk with your doctor. Talk with your pharmacist. Can't stress that enough right. because a little bit's okay, but a lot can be very bad, sure. and it can get bad in a hurry. Wow. All right. I, uh, I feel completely uh, enthralled with a lot of information. I got to digest it now. So uh, once again, Chris, uh, appreciate you coming in, joining us. Bob will be back next week. And uh, again, we can fix just about anything except for a broken heart. And I don't think these are going to help that. Or am I wrong? No, well, maybe the aspirin might help with the heart functioning. Oh, really? Well, okay, then. we got to start. We'll put that in the chapter. There you go. Enjoy the day. Bye, everyone.